You're listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, episode 123. You're talking about putting your fuck parts in my head where my brain lives. You know, in nature, only a handful of creatures mate for life. But isn't that like cheating? We can't do this 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Why not? The safety word is banana. It is so refreshing to be with someone who likes to fuck outside the box. This is the Touch of Flavor podcast, dating and relationship advice by kinksters for kinksters. Join us as we tackle BDSM, sex, non-monogamy, and how to build extraordinary relationships in an ordinary world. And now your hosts, Cassie and Rigel. Hello, hello, everybody. So today we're going to be interviewing just an amazing human being. Uh, and this is one of our clients, Juliana. And what I love about this interview and about Juliana, you know, so often, Cassie, I know we get this myth from people, right, where they think that and and it's not something they came up with themselves. You know, it's a societal thing. It's things that they bring from like couples counseling and the normal way of looking at things. But they believe that it takes both people to change a relationship, right? Like both people have to be equally invested, equally willing to do the work in order to turn a relationship around. Yeah. And the problem with that is that it makes folks miss out on so much opportunity for growth in their relationships. And what I am really excited for folks to listen to is Juliana's story because she talks about herself and how she showed up to really transform the relationship that she had with her partner. Yeah. I think, like I said, this is such a common myth. And I think, you know, one of the huge reasons we wanted Juliana here, besides just her being a rock star, is I think so many of you need to hear that busted because so many of you are in a place where your partner is not as, as motivated as you presently to fix the relationship. And because you've got this false myth in your head, you stay stuck. And Juliana is an amazing example of how this doesn't have to be the case because Really, at the end of the day, she transformed her relationship by herself. And, you know, we have a lot of people come through on their own. But, you know, a lot of times, even with that, like their partners wind up joining in. Like a good chunk of the time, their partners wind up joining in part of the way through. Not only did Juliana's partner not, but he like kind of actively resisted the first bit when she was bringing stuff mm -hmm. back. And yet she was still able to completely change her relationship and her life. So if you're in a spot where you have a partner who... Honestly, I don't care. If you're at all anybody, you need to hear this, right? Because this is going to change the way that you think about whether or not one person can change a relationship. So without any further ado, let's introduce Juliana. We had been together since 2014. We got married in 2016. And in 2019, my partner came to me and said he wanted to open up our marriage and I was really taken aback because I was just surprised. I just was not expecting that. I guess nobody is ever really prepared for that conversation. And so at first I was like distraught and really sad. And then I did like a 180 and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And I like jumped in the deep end, like really, <laughs> we just like dove in, no floaties, nothing like that. And then six months after that, things started getting really serious with another couple. And then the pandemic hit and we were all quarantined together. And um, 
things just got really intense really fast and I was not prepared. So I think I had taken like a few, I had found your podcast before I did the 180, like while I was trying to wrap my mind around things, I found your guys' podcast and I started listening to it and I was like, okay, no worries. I got this. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be good. And then as things started getting a little wobbly, I was like, maybe I should give them a call. And I think I messaged you guys probably twice before I finally like followed up all the way. So the first time I was like, maybe we need to do this right from the start. And I think that's when I sent the first message. And then things got really intense and wobbly. And I was like, maybe we need some help. And then I still didn't go for it. And then things went really bad. And I was in a really deep, dark place personally. And you guys put out the podcast about can one person change a relationship? And I was like, yeah, it's time. And that was like around the new year. I was like, I don't want to go into the new year feeling like this anymore. So ah, there's there's so much good stuff there before we go in. <laughs> one thing that you're saying that I, I really think is important. And this is so this is one place I feel like Cass and I have this discussion all the time. But I really feel like the non-monogamous community does a bit of a disservice to itself or maybe a lot of a disservice to itself is there's like this attitude, I don't know, perception that we put out that moving into non-monogamy is easier. It's a natural way to do things. You know, most humans are naturally non-monogamous. We evolved that way. I was going to say, we evolved that way. Many animals are non-monogamous. And it's this, uh, it's a platitude. It's, it's this platitude. And while there is the truth that like all of us have the capability to build whatever kind of relationships we want, it doesn't mean that it's simple. Well, because, and I mean, so you're in a situation, a lot of people we work with are in, Juliana, where you, you went into a relationship monogamously and you'd been, you, you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you'd been monogamous before that, like in your previous relationships as well. And so like we go into these things and it's not easy to turn 20, 30, 40, 50 years the way we doing relationships on its head. And of course it's not right. And then people run into challenges and they're surprised because they're, they're kind of told that it should be easier, just bad poly people, which gets a lot of people way down. So I just wanted to point that out because I think that's a really important, important piece for so many people is they do go into this transition and they're like, oh, this shouldn't be hard. Of course, it's, of course, it's hard to turn the way you've done things for the last 30 years on its head. Like that, that's I don't know why we expect that to be easy, but we do. So, well, and I have a big attitude of we owe it to each other. I feel like there's, I hear that a lot of, we owe it to each other to let each other explore when that may not be, <laughs> may not be what everybody wants. I feel like I, I hear and see that a lot. And for like friends that we have told that we are doing that is that they're like, well, yeah, I mean, I guess you kind of owe it to each other. I mean, you've been together for a while. It's, it's never, I don't know. That's not really the reasoning, um, <laughs> but I feel like people use that a lot. No, definitely. So tell me, you'd mentioned that things had got pretty intense for you. Could you share a little bit more about what that's going on? Because I'm sure we have people like in the same place who were going through the same thing. So what, what did intense look like? What did that deep, dark place look like? So at first, everything was like on the surface, like it was just sex, like we were all just, I don't know, I don't sex may be deeper for some people, but I don't know, sex seems easier for me. But then when things got emotional, 
that's when it got real deep and unexpectedly heavy. A lot of folks think that the sex is like the hard thing a lot of times and it ends up being the emotional thing. Yeah. So like the sex was fun. That was fun. And then everybody started catching feelings left and right. And I was like, whoa, I don't know. I was just very, I wasn't expecting everybody to fall so hard so quick. And so, so I just didn't really know what to do because I didn't feel like I was in the same place emotionally that everybody else was. So I was just kind of trying to go along with things, not hurt anybody's feelings and just kind of like ride the wave. I was like, oh, it'll fizzle out, but it didn't. And Then I started really having some pretty bad self-esteem issues just because I felt like sex is sex. We can appreciate each other's bodies. Everybody, everybody's hot. (laughs) Everybody's attractive in their own way. That was easier for me. But then seeing my partner have stronger emotional feelings for someone else that I considered a friend and her doing in return and then her partner having feelings for me, it was just like very overwhelming and I didn't feel like any of I didn't feel like I could I didn't feel like I deserved any of the positive emotions coming from either my partner or my other partner so not believing it myself made it hard for anybody to feel like they were doing a good enough job and it was just kind of like this self-fulfilling spiral and all because of like my mentality on everything and thinking that I wasn't good enough and that I wasn't enough period and we were in the middle of a pandemic and it was just everything I was just used to so much external validation like just from the world just going out like just being around people that don't know anything about my life and I was quarantined with three other people that knew literally everything about my life and although they were trying to provide that validation for me I was kind of also putting unnecessary expectations there so I just I tried to ghost the situation which is really hard to do especially when you're married and everyone is kind of like living together it's kind of hard to ghost but I did it (laughs) and nobody liked it and so that caused a lot more hurt hard feeling like hurt feelings for everyone else involved which then of course made me feel worse about myself (laughs) so Yeah, I guess that's kind of what it looked like. I just didn't feel good. I was losing sleep. I was not able to work. I was not eating. I would I would be trying to work. And then at 7pm, I would start shaking and be like, Oh, my gosh, I haven't eaten anything today. And I definitely like my I fell behind at work. And it wasn't unnoticeable. (laughs) And just because my mind was constantly consumed with what was going on. And so I was just like physically not healthy, emotionally not healthy, mentally not healthy. It was just a bad place. And and tell me this, Jordana. So like when you did come, what was that worry? Like where was it you were worried things were going? Was it more about the relationship? Was it more about like your own mental health? Like what was that worry at that point? Like when I decided to join? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like by the time um, you decided to take action. Yeah, I think... I had just like, like none of my clothes were fitting me. I felt like I was just like not doing well across the board, like with, and like with work. And then I also like, I taught 
I teach a dance class. And in that dance class, we try to teach self-confidence and we're like very happy-go-lucky. And I felt like a fraud there. And that's like my piece. Like that's my place where I go to really feel good about myself. And I just felt like I was, I didn't feel like I was being genuine to my students. And I pretty much just felt like nothing really mattered. And I didn't deserve, even if I were cooking something, like I'd be like, well, I don't deserve, I don't know, this good amount of food. And I think I was talking to a friend who was also in a dark place for some other reason in her life. You know, I was like giving her all this advice. (laughs) Meanwhile, not taking any of it myself. And I was like, dang, none of my friends would ever know, let alone talk to me the way that I talk to myself. And it was just... I was just like, I can't keep living like this because something's, it just felt like something had to give. I couldn't, I just couldn't go on anymore. No, and, and had you tried, like, like had you tried anything else to, to fix things at that point? I don't remember what you'd done, what you'd researched, what you tried. Oh man, we had read books, listened to podcasts. We had a therapist who was poly-friendly. I love the air quotes, by the way. (laughs) I mean, we tried the things. I joined all the groups, all the groups (laughs) on Facebook, and then accidentally outing him at work through one of the groups. So that backfired pretty badly. And yeah, I mean, I feel like I tried everything that I could think of. And even though I was listening to your guys' podcast and you ended every time with like, give us a call. I was like me so I think at that point I was like I okay I've literally tried everything I don't know what else to do and they keep telling me to call so I'm gonna do it (laughs) and see if there's anything that they can offer them I think there was something else in your one of your podcasts that you were talking about like why maybe it was on Facebook it was about why you don't like therapists not that you don't like them but there was something about the advice that they can't give advice or that they can't tell you what to do liability wise. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Why haven't, I just need to call some people. I mean, you want to get better, you want to get better at a sport, you get a coach. So you want to get better at life, get a coach. I got a coach too. <laughs> Bam. A whole group of coaches. Tell me, I'm curious, cause you mentioned you were going to poly friendly therapy with, with the air quotes you gave and what did you find with that? Like, I'm always curious, right? Because a lot of our people, they, they've been to therapy. And and I, it's it's always really interesting because I think therapy is the default for a lot of people. Like that's, that's what we're all kind of programmed. It's like the social norm, it's a poly norm, it's something's not working, you go to therapy. As far as that went, like with doing that, I'm curious, kind of looking back, why you think that that didn't really make the movement for you too that you, you needed. So if you're in a polyamorous situation of any type, you probably know that a lot can go down in one week, like a lot of ups, a lot of downs and everything in between. So if you're only seeing a therapist once a week, like you only have an hour and it's, it felt like every time we would get in there, like we would be in the car on the way there and we'd be like, okay, what do we want to talk about today? And I would have stuff in my head that I want to talk about. And I'm sure he had stuff in his head that he wanted to talk about. But then like, also our therapist kind of like couldn't keep everything straight because there was so much going on. So yeah, 
we would tell a mountain of backstory and then 15 minutes would be left and he'd be like what do you guys want to work on and we'd be like what <laughs> i don't know it just seemed like we weren't getting it just seemed like we would go in with all this backstory and there really wasn't ever any advice given or any tools or there would never seem to be any progress it just seemed like we were doing therapy to say that yeah we're in therapy like it didn't and luckily with the pandemic like my insurance covered the copay for the most part but it just i don't know it seemed like a lot of loss of time and money <laughs> and i think for a lot of folks like because that is what everyone's used to and it's oh my insurance carrier said just here's some therapist but it does end up costing you that time that energy opportunity opportunity to to enjoy your time with your partner and as you said with having everybody in your home during a pandemic like there's multiple opportunities for great experiences and there's also multiple opportunities for really bad ones so let me ask what what made you go through this on your own what made you decide to do that i had asked my husband to do it with me and he was skeptical because I had gone back and forth so many times at this point. Like I had been like, yeah, Polly, let's do it. No, Polly, let's not. Like, <laughs> And I had been back and forth so many times that this one, I guess he just kind of saw this as like another one of my, yes, let's go for it moments. And I think he didn't really believe that it was going to result in much change because everything else we had tried, all of the times that we had tried things, it just resulted in failure <laughs> or hurt, hurt feelings, bad communication. And so I think he just kind of at that point was like, well, I'm kind of just done trying, trying, like I'm done trying things. It's kind of like oversaturated with poly information and none of it working really. So I knew, so for him, he was like, it's not really, that's not a priority right now. Like we need to just work on us. And I was like, I know like this, we can work on us in this, like just us, it's fine. But he was still really skeptical and his, his schedule didn't really allow. And he was just, had all these reasons. So I was like, you know what? And just like with pole, like that's the, <laughs> the dance I do. Like there, I realized when I first started dancing that if I had kept on waiting for people to do it with me, like I never would have tried it. And that was like a life changer for me. And so I felt like this was kind of one of those things where if I keep on waiting for people to do it with me, like I'm never gonna get to do it. I'm never gonna get to try it. No, and this is this is so important. This is one of the things I love about you, Julian. I'm, I'm gonna take just a second here because this is the thing like, and, and this is, and again, I think it gets back to that whole like couples therapy default thing, but there really is like a lot of people really have this thought that if, if they want their relationship to change that it takes both people or all three people or all four people or however many people to do that and to make those changes. But the thing is, is that there's always, there's so much of the time, there's so many situations where one person, well, first off, one person's always more motivated to make changes for whatever reason, because they're feeling the pain more, because they're more hopeful, because they see where things are going and the other partner maybe doesn't. But along with that, like while there's always one person more, even if there's both people, there's always one person more motivated. But at the same time, like there's lots of situations where for whatever reason, either because they're more motivated or because like you said, like one person feels like they've, everything's been tried and nothing's worked. Or sometimes it is, I feel like I've been trying and doing all things for years and you've never done anything. And now you're coming to me and asking me to do something else. Like there's lots of situations 
where one person isn't in a spot. Like they love you. They want to see the relationship work. They're, they're willing to take what you bring back and they're willing to change because they love you and they want to see things work, but they're not willing to step up to make the decision to do the work themselves. And when people stay in that mindset of it has to be both people, there's so many opportunities that are lost to fix a relationship that could be made something beautiful. And so one of the things that I said I love best about you is you did step up as that superhero and drive that change in your relationship. Yeah, and the great thing is, is that you're one of those people that along the way, even time and time again, you were like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what I need to do. And you own that and you and you took that, that I'm going to look inwardly at what I can do for my relationship and ignore all those societal norms and those societal kind of pressures of like, well, you shouldn't put the effort in if your partner's not like taking the strides exactly the same way you are. And it's so sad for a lot of people because what ends up happening is they end up, while they could be making positive change, instead just building more resentment and sitting back and waiting and waiting and waiting for their partner to take the first step rather than them taking that first step when they had the power to. And that's just one of the things that I, I just really admire about you is just through everything, you've always stepped up to, to take charge of your own relationship. Yeah. I was, I was telling somebody last night, Juliana, I was talking to somebody, I said, I would rather any day of the week be talking to one motivated person on the phone than one person who's motivated and one person who's just there because their partner made them. I like any day of the week. So no, that and that's great. So, and I love it. And, and I'd wanted to, like I said, I wanted to have you share that because so many people are stuck in that same spot of, of their partner is not in the same spot. And do they make change? Do they not? And I'm curious for you, when you did join, what was it you were like kind of most skeptical about? Was it wondering if this would work for you? Was it something else? Well, I kind of knew going in that it was going to be like a just me situation. I think, I guess I was just kind of, I don't know. I was a little skeptical about like how much I could do to make change with someone who was so much re so resistant <laughs> because I knew like, there would be like differences in the way I tried to communicate with him. We have our ways. We know when when to push each other's buttons and how far to push and how to get the other one riled up. And I think I was just like a little skeptical that I would honestly, first of all, that I would have the willpower to not fall back into regular habits. And secondly, that I would, that like me changing the way that I communicate would have a positive effect on how we communicate together. Cause I like, I'd be very careful about how I say things to not push buttons, you know, get hit with the, don't you therapy speak me, but it's not therapy speak. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to talk about myself here. And so he could definitely pick up on the changes and it definitely did make a difference, but I was just. I guess I was just nervous that I would be doing all this work and it would have resulted in no change at all. Well, with that, I want to hear about some of the changes you saw and what, what were, Juliana, like right off the bat, what were some of the first changes that you noticed? Like just within the first couple of weeks, you stepping up and, and starting to make those changes? Well, I think, you know, like within the first couple of weeks, it was a lot of self-work. I started to notice some changes within myself, just like starting to feel stronger and more confident about me <laughs> being me because that was something that I was really struggling with is that I didn't have very high self-esteem. I didn't have a high value for my self-worth and I just kind of felt like it was 
I didn't feel like I deserved any, any of his affection or anything. And so when I started making changes about how I felt about me, it was made it a lot easier to accept the things that he was trying to show me, which made how I showed up day to day, like a lot better generally speaking, because he gave me a compliment and I wouldn't be like, <laughs> whatever. It was more like I could genuinely accept it and feel feel the love that he's been trying to show me, which then he doesn't feel so so negatively about trying to show me affection. So That's awesome. So do you have anything you want to add there? Well, to ask a question? Uh, well one thing, I want to talk about where, where you and your husband are at, but one thing that I, I think was amazing to watch with you, and you're kind of talking about it here, but not just in the first couple weeks, but through the whole, the whole course, was your own growth, like your self-confidence building, all of that. Like, I'm curious, and like I said, I want to talk about your relationship here in a second, but just for you, besides just the first couple of weeks, but going through even to now, what are some of the biggest changes that you've noticed in yourself, like in your own self growth and your confidence, that kind of thing. Cause I know that's been a big, big mover for you. Yeah. I think I just feel like healthier overall. I mean, I'm eating more regularly. I guess I, I, I'm a lot better at doing work and doing home things and doing my dancing and dealing with the relationship stuff when I have to, rather than allowing it to like completely consume my entire being. So being able to control and change my state has been a game changer for life. I will always be, I will never not do this ever again. <laughs> um, so I just overall feel a lot healthier. I feel like I'm able to bring a better me to every situation, whether it's work, dance, or my relationship at home, just because I was just, I was not having a good time. I was like 2020 straight up, not having a good time. Uh, and I know I wasn't the only one, but I felt everyone has their shit and everyone's shit is shitty, but you know, your own shit seems like the worst and it felt like pretty bad, but I don't feel like now I feel almost a little guilty in that. Like I actually, when people are like, how are you doing? I'm like, honestly, I'm fine. I'm great. <laughs> like I feel kind of bad that I'm not like with the whole, like, Oh, everything sucks. I feel like I was really riding the everything sucks train with a lot of people before. And now I feel a little guilty that I don't feel so bad. That's not a bad thing. I don't know. It's not <laughs> like, 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 here's the thing. One of the, the things that I loved just hearing from you is you're like, I was, I was riding that train and I don't have to, right? Like I'm in a place where I feel good. And we talk so much, whether it's on the podcast or on our Facebook group, or even with our clients, you hear us talk about the value of our relationships and our relationships impact every aspect of our life, whether it's our jobs, whether it's how we show up with our hobbies, our interests and everything else and our own health. There's a whole science behind it. I'm not going to even go there, but it really does impact everywhere. And no one should ever feel guilty for having an amazing life and having amazing relationships because of it, like, or and vice versa. Like those two things are so intertwined that that is something that you should never feel guilty about. So I'm super glad that you were able to like, be like, yeah, I felt guilty about that, but now I don't have to. But the other thing that I wanted to just kind of point out is through all this, and you said it was just within a couple of weeks, like it was the first couple of weeks, 
was this feeling that like you could handle it. And we actually started like joking with Juliana and calling her like titanium. Um, <laughs> bulletproof. Things, bulletproof was one of the things that you said at one point and, and being able to just kind of like bounce back. And it's this idea that like when we're in a place where things are good, when this, sh I'll use your words, when this shit happens, we can just bounce it off. It's when we're in a bad place all the time that those things that like, they, they just start penetrating us because we don't have any armor anymore. So I know that was a really big thing for you and just watching, watching that like armor, but like love armor, not like keeping people out, but just being able to bounce off the bullshit was a beautiful thing to see. Tell me, so tell me about where you and your relationships are at now. I know we talked a little bit about your personal growth, but where, where are your relationships at presently? How are things with your partners? Yeah, so our problems don't feel overwhelmingly like catastrophic, I guess you could say. And what I think the thing that frustrated me the most when we were first going through to navigate polyamory, generally speaking, our day to day was totally, it felt drama free. It didn't feel like we had many problems and it felt like anytime we did have a problem, it was poly related. And so we were just, it was confusing to, to have problems because it felt like we didn't have them before. And so now it kind of feels we are, we're just able to communicate so much more efficiently and like effectively rather than like saying that we're communicating and like talking, talking, arguing for hours on end and like calling that communication. No, yes, we are communicating, but it's not effective. It's not efficient. Like we're not nothing, we're not getting to any sort of solution of any sort. So I feel like we're a lot better at, you know, getting things done, <laughs> having conversations in a more effective manner. And I mean, oh, sex is better. Communication is better. Like it's just you switch communication, then everything can be fixed. And also just more frequent, <laughs> just, just better generally. We've been able to both just kind of like really be there for each other when we need, when needed and listening to each other as far as like asking for what we need and then actually providing it. Cause it's one thing to know what you want, which is a whole thing <laughs> to figure out. And then being able to communicate it is a whole nother thing. And I feel like we've gotten a lot better at being able to express those things to each other without wor being worried about hurt feelings or judgment. I don't know why we ever thought there was judgment, but I guess everyone has that. Everyone has that worry, but yeah, it just feels like our problems are minute <laughs> at this point. Because here's the thing, and and I think this is like one of those, and we talked about the platitudes of like polyamorous, like when you're finally a good polyamorous person, you'll always feel compersion. You're never going to have any problems. You and your partner are going to go through your day with sunshine and rainbows and, and sparkles. And people, we're human. Like we're going to have challenges. We're going to have things that pop up that we have to deal with, especially external things. Like we cannot control like COVID. when things like COVID is not something that regardless of what our relationship looked like, we could control, but we can control how well we show up in those situations with our partner. And so hearing you say, yeah, there, there is stuff. There is, there is challenges because we're real. We're real humans. We're not, we're not characters on a television show, but we're able to get through those things. And they're, they're super tiny. They, they're, they're not, 
these big deals that cause us not to be able to spend time or regroup or do the things that we wanted to do together. We're able to move past those things. And and Juliana, just correct me if I'm wrong, but are you saying that you made all these changes and drove all these changes on your own without your partner doing everything along with you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> um, yeah, he did not join me to any of the group calls or any any one-on-one -on -one sessions or anything like that. It was simply me and he didn't really do any of the mod I mean, he listened to some of the videos with me in the modules, but yeah, it was pretty much me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying that to, like I said, like everybody's in different spots. I'm not like saying that to, to shame your partner. I'm saying that because Again, I think this is important for so many people to hear because so many people don't believe and because they don't believe they can drive change on their own, they stay stuck in situations where they're suffering and where their partner's suffering. That doesn't need to be the case. And I, I think maybe a big part of it is that when you're doing that and when you are driving that change on your own, I do think that takes a level of like support and accountability and helping keep you on track that most people don't have. And that, that probably is a big part of that, like thinking of why you need both people. But like I said, like you and, and I've loved this about you every step of the way and you and, and plenty of other people that, that we work with that come through that transform their relationships. They do that from a place of being the one who's willing to step up and drive that change. And it does. It, it, I'm not saying it's easy. Like it does take being willing to step up. It does take being willing to be decisive. It does take being willing to take a bit of a leadership role in taking the stuff back. And as I like to say, like being committed enough for both of you, but it's possible. And you showed up as a superhero every step of the way. So uh, I guess I would, I would ask you, Juliana, like if you have anybody who is listening to this, who's in that same spot that you were in, where they are hurting, where they are suffering, where the partner is on the same page as, as changing things as them, what is it that you'd say to them? Because there is a lot of people out there in those same shoes. I'm going to say the same thing that I tell my students or the friends to come anywhere. If you're thinking about it, it's probably for a reason. And if you wait for somebody to do it with you, you're never going to do it. And you're, it's just, if you're thinking about it, like it's probably your gut telling you to just go for it. Honestly, like, I think. I just, I'm trying to apply this to like everything in my life right now where you just need to stop waiting for people to do the things that you want to do because life is short. Like we've been losing people left and right all over the world. Just, you need to, I don't know, it's YOLO year for me. <laughs> it's a, you only live once year for me and it's true. So I think it was really important to me to like, if I'm going to be living this life to try to enjoy it, we may not be here for a long time, but let's at least have a good time. Anyway, if you're thinking about it, do it. That's, that's it. <laughs> Thank you so much for everything that you've shared. You've been so honest and so vulnerable. And I just wanted to really say thank you for just showing up the way that you have. Yeah. No, and, and absolutely. And and you, like I said, we, we've told you you're superior this whole time. You really have shown up that way. Right? You've been amazing to work with. And it's been amazing watching. Because like I said, you've been really focused on the personal growth into this as well, which is so important. And you've made such huge strides in watching just even the confidence change, call to call, 
has been really fun. And I, I just anybody I want to say like anybody who is who's in that same spot where they're like trying to make things work, like where they don't think their partner is as on board with them and they're wondering if they can make things work on their own. Set up a call. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's see what needs to happen to make changes because it is possible. But it's not something you want to sit on because, and Julianne, I'm sorry, I'm going to use your example here. When you see that time and time again, that, hey, reach out for help and you don't, things get worse. And I, I love you reached out before things got too bad to fix, but some people don't. And, uh, and it's really important. Like you said, like when you're thinking about it, step up to take that action to turn things around while that's in your head. Because so often, like the thing that breaks the camel's back, so to speak, isn't something that we see ahead of time. And, and unfortunately have those conversations with a lot of people. So if you're in a spot where you're wondering where you need to make change, where you're ready to be a superhero like Juliana, like whatever. Yeah, yes, yeah, 100%. Go ahead, reach out, book a call. Let's talk about what's going on and where you're at. You can go to a touchflavor.com forward slash talk. Yeah, just, and we'll, we'll chat with you and talk and also have a conversation just like we did with you, Juliana, like if you can actually change this on your own, because there are some, some circumstances that have to be in place to do that, but we can help figure that out, so com forward slash talk and we'll do that because I, I know Juliana when I was talking to you it wasn't like oh yeah of course you can fix this on your own it was is this going on is this going on are you here are you willing to do this are you ready to do this are you going to show up this way it wasn't just the it takes a certain situation it takes certain qualities in both the the other partner and the person and it also requires that person to be willing to take on a lot to do it like there's there's quite a quite a few check marks but we're not going to know until we talk to you so if you're in that place, book the call and we can chat and we can tell you. And here's the most important thing that it takes. And Julianne, that's again where I'm at. It takes showing up as that relationship superhero. It takes showing up and being willing to do what you need to do to make the relationship work and to take that action. And like I said, like you, you absolutely embodied that. And I, I can tell you that you are inspiring a lot of people right now because so often we do talk to people who are, no, I'm not, I'm not joking. First off, you inspired a lot of people in the course mm -hmm. who were there with their partners. And we had to be like, you think you're, 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 you, you've got it rough because your partner's doing X, Y, Z. Like Juliana's here on her own. So what are you going to do? Step up. We did that. But like <laughs> beyond that, like, like, no, I, I think you're an inspiration to a lot of people because like I said, so many people are in that spot where they're wondering, do they step up themselves? Do they not? And you showed up as that hero and you've, you've changed your life. You've changed your life with your husband and all your other relationships. I know there's, there's other stuff on the horizon for you too. And yeah, it's yeah. just been amazing to see. And it's been amazing the way you've showed up and you've just been so much fun. So yeah, we love you. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else, Cassie? No, just as I said before, like, thanks for showing up with vulnerability and, and, and sharing your story. And the great thing is, is that everybody has the power in themselves to shift their relationships. And but not everybody takes that stand. And you did. And we've been super proud of you. And just thank you for coming on and sharing that for other folks who really need that kick in the butt to recognize that they can do it, too. You can do it. And also, I wasn't alone. I mean, I had you guys. So. Oh, yeah, that definitely helped. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also the way you showed up. So it takes mm -hmm. both. Yes. That's the thing. It takes both. So awesome. All right. Well, we'll talk to you all again here soon. Thanks for listening to the Touch of Flavor podcast, where we're building relationships outside of the box. Got a question about kink, power exchange, or open relationships that you've been holding on to for years? This is the place to ask it. Submit your question at a touchofflavor.com slash ask. 
or leave us a voicemail at 833-ASK-TOF1. 